And I think it's just going to be one of those things where that becomes a trend like everything else where you try to carve out a niche for a little while and then it becomes trendy because everybody goes, oh, everybody's talking about EBITDA now. Let's make sure that we jump on this bandwagon and then you have to reinvent what that is. And so it's hard to find what is that message that can carve out that niche that lasts forever. Uh, and I think at some point in time, the forever is just the tried and true things, but you don't carve out a niche there. You eventually just get to a point where you're established well enough and everybody says, oh, it's element e-commerce growth. Boom, simple enough, right? All branding is personal. And it's not about who you say you are. It's about who you are and how you say it. I'm Hirsch Repu, copywriter, comedian, and brand voice expert. I've helped hundreds of companies fine tune their messaging. And now I'm sitting down with some of the most ambitious and imaginative founders around who share their seven figure and eight figure stories and next figure goals. Let's hit the brand voice runway. Welcome to one of the launch episodes of Brand Voice Runway, my new podcast, talking with seven and eight figure brands and entrepreneurs about their next figure voices. And with me today is William Harris, founder and CEO of Element, a growth agency. I could use our whole time just talking about the history of Element and William's history, but we're going to put a lot in the show notes. He's a regular contributor to a lot of magazines and I uh, entrepreneur fast company. And I appreciate his taking some time today to be here with us. William has been on Yes Brand as a guest, and now he is taking a spin down the brand voice runway. So welcome, William Harris. Thanks, Hirsch. It's good to be here again. Good to catch up and talk to you again. I miss you, man. Yeah, I know. I miss you too. It's always fun talking with you. We talked about everything from, from space everything. travel to AR and <laughs> VR and the genesis of the universe. We could talk about a lot of different things. I do want to jump in with a key question. It's something that will come up Let's on a lot of, lot of interviews. With all the success that you've had with Element in recent years, what is the greatest messaging challenge that you face with your company today? Yeah. I think the biggest messaging challenge is what differentiates you as an agency? You know, there's a lot of ways you can go about this. Sometimes people look at this and say, well, maybe you differentiate based on who you serve. And you're like, we only serve these specific people. And another way that you can approach this is, you know, we do this one thing unique or the product offerings or, or whatever that might be. And those are all fine. Uh, but when you start to do any kind of digging in, there's nothing new under the sun is the easiest way that I could say it, where it's like, it feels yeah. very difficult to say that there's something that's really unique. Or if you do, and you find these brands that'll do this, where they'll say something that's unique, but it's just, I don't know if I want to say that it's just so kitschy is the word that I want, right? But it's just like, it's not even a real thing. Like you've just made this up and it's just dumb <laughs> and nobody actually even cares what you're saying here with this. And so it's difficult. And the way that we have approached this, at least, is in trying to make sure that we cut through the noise is we have approached advertising from the frame of EBITDA, which is profit. It's a very unique thing. There are not very many people out there that are doing it. My own issues with it are, well, a lot of people don't talk about EBITDA that much, right? And But most brand owners at least know what it is. So the benefit is we could slice in and nobody's really saying that they're doing this. The downside to it though, is that it's still very 
anybody else could start saying it if they wanted to. Like, there's nothing proprietary about saying that you're the one that brand, you know, that focuses on advertising around EBITDA. And there's a couple other brands that have started doing this. We've noticed as well. Um, and I think it's just going to be one of those things where that becomes a trend like everything else where you try to carve out a niche for a little while and then it becomes trendy because everybody goes, oh, everybody's talking about EBITDA now. Let's make sure that we jump on this bandwagon and then you have to reinvent what that is. And so it's hard to find what is that message that can carve out that niche that lasts forever. Uh, and I think at some point in time, the forever is just the tried and true things, but you don't carve out a niche there. You eventually just get to a point where you're established well enough and everybody says, oh, it's element e-commerce growth. Boom, simple enough, right? But that doesn't yeah. carve anything out in the noise. It doesn't distinguish you. And, doesn't. and the thing is, what you hit on right away was the fact that sometimes being yourself doesn't feel like it's enough. And when you try to amplify it, people don't believe you. And trust sure. is like the biggest factor. So you, it's not worth it to use great language if you can't back it up. What I, what I know, there's two things I liked when I was looking at your site recently. I saw the objectively better advertising tagline, which I like yep. because of its simplicity. And then I like your emphasis on results, you know, that you feel like if you're going to, if you're going to make this profit, your selling point and your distinctive point, then you'd better back it up. And you really front load your site with, you know, some really great, some really great case studies and some really great stats, you know, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking at some Oro sports apparel with, you know, 136% increase in revenue. Lucky Scent, the fragrance company, 143% increase in paid traffic. And then, of course, you go into this big one, the Lil Tulips, the home and baby company, furnishings company with a 5,600% increase in return on ad spend. Um, yeah. But- that's exactly what people care about. That's right. what they really care about. And you hit on what matters to the, to the audience. And I think that's yes. where you score in your you know businesses and the stuff that you've done, William, is you always think, what is the audience going to need to hear? Yep. And just for the, you know, we have people that are going to be listening to this show that are on all sides. You know, there are there are people who are seven and eight figures. There are people who haven't quite gotten there yet. That's why I say people are looking for their next figure voice. So let me ask you this. As yep. a company grows, you've taken companies to sale. You've had a lot of experience growing and nurturing companies. And then, of course, the clients you're working with now as a growth agency. But how does a voice change as the revenue takes these major steps? How did, what have you noticed? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I feel like this comes up often. What's interesting is a lot of brands that are just getting started, try to emulate their favorite brand that they see in the market. And it's, you know, this big brand or something. Uh, and what's interesting is, and I'll just use this maybe in like the fashion space or something. They'll say, oh, this is what, you know, this big fashion brand is doing. I'm not a fashion person very well. So that's maybe the dumbest example for me to give, but let's just say it's like, <laughs> and it's just this simple photo, right? It's like Banana Republic or whomever, right? And it's like, it's a simple photo with like one simple little line and it's a really simple little line. And they said, this is what we're going to do. It's really clean and it's sophisticated and it's brilliant. And the reality is... It has zero ability to cut through the noise. The iPhone, right, that came out and it's like, I think it was what coming out in like yellow. All they had to do is like now in yellow. <laughs> like, 
if you as a small brand, if your entire marketing is like, we have this in yellow, like nobody cares because they don't actually have the pent up demand for who you are and what you're doing. So you have to cut through that noise at first. You have to be a little bit rebellious. If you look at Apple in their beginning, they were very rebellious, right? Now they've gotten to the point where you're not going to see Apple run a commercial where they have like Mac versus PC anymore. That would that would be very off brand for them, but they had to do that at first to cut right. through that noise. Now it's very sophisticated, very elegant. They can afford to do that because there's so much pent up demand. All they have to do is say it's in a new color, and you're like, you know, there's a line out the door, and people are gonna, you know, go crazy over it. So, yeah. And I always lean with my sense of humor toward the unexpected spin on what people, you know, already know. So when you were talking about the color and how all Apple needs to do is say, we got another color and throw it out there and people go crazy is, you know, you have an unknown brand, a brand that that is not known and it's something utilitarian, like a modem or something. Sure. And you go, you do the modem and it's now in rose gold, you know, Sure. And, and that would be funny because they wouldn't care. Nobody cares what color it is. Right. And yes, they you can can't. have fun with it. Yeah, yes. you can have fun with it. So that's where I like to do it. And you know uh, who has fun? Like, yeah. I got to at least comment on this. You know who has a lot of fun in the market with their messaging that I appreciate? is, And they get a lot of coverage for this is Liquid Death, the water oh, yeah. in the can company. And they'll say things that are that are exactly what you were saying. It's like almost funny because it's the opposite of what's true. And they'll say like, people love us. That's like their copy that they have. And then they'll right. show a quote from somebody that talks about how they're like, you know, you should, you should die. And like, how dare you say these things? Like this, you're the worst company that's ever existed. And like, that's the quote that they have there. And they're like, people love us on the internet. And you're like, that's, it's fun. And it fits with their brand. Yeah. Yeah. The misdirects are great. Yeah. And I think the takeaway is, you know, maybe for, for up and coming brands is, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Yes. Because if you have a sense of humor about yourself going in, you're lowering the trust barrier yeah. because that's easier for them to trust you. And then you can start making a little more of a claim, something a little bigger, going a little bigger. And when something really big happens, people will believe you. But it's very hard to come out of the gate with, we're changing the entire world today. Absolutely. You know? So here's how I did that. So I, I've got a good example of this. When I first launched Element, we had no awards, right? We've got a lot of really fun awards now that I can yeah. I can put on the website and we can talk about like, yes, there's definitive proof. Uh, but I said for the, the our first slogan was voted best agency in the world three years in a row by my mom, right? I was like, well, my mom picked me. So I don't know why she didn't pick me four years in a row, but I at least got three good years out of her. Yeah. And so the idea was, you know, I still get people commenting to this day about, they're like, oh, I love that. That was very creative. And maybe it's not that creative now because other people have done stuff similar to that now. But the idea was, it was exactly what you're saying, having a little fun, not taking it too seriously. And they're like, okay, I get it. You might not be the biggest agency, but you're at least witty and creative and having a little bit of fun. And I maybe need that injected into my business. I need that mentality. Put that into what we're doing, please. Yeah. And you couldn't do that now. You're too big. You know, you have those awards. Now you can't belittle the award by being ironic about it. So it's going to be a flow and ebb and being aware of yourself, I think, is really the key. That's why with this whole AI conversation, I think it's good to keep in mind that AI is going to have to be married with strategy. People are going to have to think about 
what is my intention and who am I talking to and how am I calibrating my tone and what did I accomplish last year that might influence this? So it's a fun road to go down and I'm looking forward to doing it with this show. I really appreciate you doing this, buddy. This is a very special way for me to launch my show and I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Always good talking to you, Hirsch. If you've enjoyed this episode of Brand Voice Runway, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast. The positive reinforcement keeps us going. Who am I kidding? Founders like us keep going regardless. Thanks so much for listening and make tomorrow greater than today.